Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Tate. I know I say it every week, but we have a great show in store for you. We are continuing to release some of the interviews from my trip to Las Vegas back in January. And this time, I sat down with Kaylin Morelli. This enigmatic and elusive magician agreed to bring me up to speed on what he's been up to since he disappeared from the internet. Nick Lacapo and I talk about the brand new project from Dan Harwin and David Jonathan. We're talking snaps. But first, Michael Kent joins me for the top five under five with his top five comedy magic tricks in under five minutes. Michael Kent, thank you so much here for joining me back on the Penguin Magic Podcast for the top five under five. What are your and uh, we're gonna go with uh, your top five comedy magic tricks in under five minutes. Th- this is hard. Hopefully, we don't stop the, start the clock right now because I have to preface this and say if you go onto a website, a magic website, and you say like I want to look at your comedy magic tricks, yeah, it's horrible. Oh, I mean, yeah. they're like they're like goofy props and duck like, puppets and foam <laughs> bananas. Yeah. Uh, because comedy magic, everyone realizes comedy magic isn't created when you buy the trick it's, no you can take literally anything on a magic website and make it a comedy magic trick by actually writing comedy that goes with it although i would challenge you to make the vanishing bandana nana a uh, a dramatic uh, piece of artistic magic oh that's going in the show now <laughs> oh my god that's a great i did do that with uh stratosphere once okay i did classical music and mm-hmm. and just a complete serious stoic face and I performed Stratosphere as if I weren't at a kid's birthday party show. It was fantastic. I, I, I would I would give my left arm to see video of that. I may have it. I'll look for it. Okay. Uh, all right. So, well, so that said. We've already burned a few minutes here. So said, let's, let's get into number five. Okay. What's, what's number five? Number five. Uh, so this is a, a great trick. Cody Fisher's killer prediction. Okay. It's just. A, a f- I know a lot of Cody Fisher stuff, but what is Cody Fisher's killer it's a, prediction? It's a, essentially. It's essentially a better way of doing an invisible deck routine <laughs> and, <laughs> and and it's a and it's it, I, I can't describe it because it has it has another prediction in with it yeah it's just brilliant and it involves the audience and throwing things into the audience this is a lot of great work i do know what this is yeah. uh it fooled the daylights out of me the first time i ever saw it it's, it's a great trick really and it doesn't clever. have to be a comedy magic trick but no. i bet it, uh, you could get a lot of work out of it, that's one of those things yeah. you buy it and you've got a great bit with tons of, of great stuff. I don't so, know why I'm not doing Cody Fisher's Keller prediction because yeah, it's such a good it's, trick. It's, it's fantastic. Okay. But it's, okay it, that's so, one of those that everyone needs to go out and look at. Like, I don't want to say anymore because yeah, I don't want to give exactly. it away because Cody's a really great guy. But so I mean, with top, number four. top of mind, Sheer Luck uh, by by Sean Farquhar. I did it last night. It's it's just a great idea. It's so good. I don't know why like no one has thought of that before, that yeah. idea. Maybe they have, mm-hmm. but the idea of... Uh, I, I love moments in like comedy moments when the audience catches on and you don't have to tell them why it's funny. They just get it. And yeah. that has that moment when someone is reading a book and you're telling and you have mm-hmm. a duplicate book. Yeah. The audience sees it. You don't have to shake it in the air. They see it and yeah. they get it. And they're in the joke with you. They're like, now you're playing a game and the audience has caught on. And, and then you get that other moment at the end of the trick, which yeah. is great. So and you get some real magic. What's really great about that product, and Sean is an amazing guy. He's a, he's a mm-hmm. friend of mine. But what's really cool about that is when I bought it, he included the method that he used to fool Penn and Teller. Oh, that's awesome. So he so yeah. you're getting like all kinds of different methods. Yeah. And, and it's really great going. So cool. uh, sure luck is a no-brainer. Yeah. With number three. Number three is a little bit of self-promotion. Uh, I am a big fan, especially if you're doing comedy magic, of using a handheld microphone. I always, like I have been for the last 10 years. Is this and your handheld microphone I'm, course? It's, it's my course. I, I put out a yeah. lecture uh, that's, that's a 90 minutes of in-depth how to use a microphone. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like something that a lot of people don't think they need. But if you think about it, if you're a dove worker, you're going to study with people 
who can teach you how to do the best dove work. If you're doing multiplying billiard balls, you're going to study. A microphone is part of almost every magician, every stage magician's um, props. I work exclusively with a handheld microphone whenever I can for a wide variety of reasons. And your lecture on it is really, really good. And everyone who's going to be doing comedy magic should learn how to do it with a a handheld microphone. Because you're going to end up in so many venues where that's the only option. Yeah. And we cover how to take it in and out of the stand. We Mm -hmm. take, like, we cover a ton of stuff. Interviewing people on stage. So, yeah, that's just a, uh, you know, it's a... No, it should be, anyone who's interested in comedy magic should look at your microphone lecture. I wholeheartedly agree. It's not an effect, but it definitely is a valuable product. Go yep. uh, hit me up with uh, number two. As, as while we're talking about lectures, uh, Dave Williamson's live lecture, live live at Penguin lecture is yes. so good. And in even if it's not for the magic tricks themselves, for just watching Dave work, yeah, he is a funny, funny man. He's the best. And when you watch his timing, his pacing, his rhythm. You understand comedy better, I yeah. think. You can just study. You could almost just go on YouTube and watch some Dave Williamson uh, things, and it's like watching a master class of how to uh, interact with an audience. That lecture is is entertaining and is, is educational. Yeah. It is totally worth it. Yeah, totally. Uh, all right, that brings us to number one. Number one, this is going to be controversial for some people. Okay. Sponge balls. I think. All right. Lay, lay, okay. Uh, lay, lay, I'm, I'm going to reserve judgment. I'll let you hear. That's it. fine. Tell me why. Tell me why. That's fine. Spongeballs are a widget. Spongeballs are a magic widget. Okay. With which, through which, you learn to interact with people. And doing Spongeballs, when I was coming up, doing mm-hmm. Spongeballs and like restaurant magic and stuff, taught me how to interact with people. Because you're doing a trick that is easily carved into phases it's modular. Yeah. You can move based on what the audience says or does, and you can use what they say or do to move into something else. Spongeballs I see as a medium, much like cards, where it's not just a one-trick thing. There's I, a lot of different things you can do, mm-hmm. um, and they're not inherently funny, but like I said earlier, nothing is. You, right? But learning to interact with an audience, using these unusual props, having to explain why you're doing them, yeah. the, the weird uh, movements, and also coming up with reasons for all of that that's motivated. Yeah, motivation. Yeah, okay. absolutely. And you know what? I'll be honest with you, too. Uh, some of my favorite comedy magicians use sponge balls in their show. I mean, Dave McCreary uses sponge balls. Yeah. Steve Bargatze uses sponge balls. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I mean, the list, li- Eugene Berger used sponge balls for quite some time. Actually, in the art of... Uh, in the Growing in the art of magic, he talks about how he took them out of this act because he didn't want to be seen as that guy with sponge balls, but then he realized it was one of the strongest parts, so we put it back in. <laughs> Lay people love it. Magicians yeah. tend to hate it uh, because they look really magic-y, mm-hmm. but people love it. And it's one of the few tricks I can suspend my own disbelief when I open my hand or when they open their hand and there's mm-hmm. two balls in there. I can still sort of pretend and, and imagine what that magic feels like. It's well, one of the few few things that are like that for me. I, I love that as the last choice, and I love that you're throwing some controversy here on the tail end of this thing. So <laughs> You got it. Thanks very much for joining us for the Top 5 Under 5, Michael Kent. All right, thanks, man. You may have heard in that little chat Michael talking about his handheld mic lecture. It's available now on Penguin Magic, so be sure to look into it. It's a masterclass in using a handheld mic, and using a handheld mic has saved my bacon in more shows than I can count. 
Now on to the main event. When I was in Las Vegas, I was super fortunate to meet up with some of the biggest names in Magic, and one of the most mysterious is Kalen Morelli. He exploded onto the Magic scene with blockbuster releases like Dress Code, Odyssey, Quantum, and the DVD Function 9. Then, he was one of the first magicians to have real viral success with his prank Magic YouTube videos that were seen by millions of people. After that, he completely disappeared from the internet and surfaces from time to time as a creative consultant for some huge magic specials. I caught up with Kalen in Las Vegas to find out what exactly he's been up to, and now you get to join our conversation. Kalen Morelli, thanks so much for joining me here on the Penguin Magic Podcast. I, uh, I was really excited to, to talk to you about this because I, I know you mostly from like Odyssey and uh, Dress Code and, and some of those things, but... Uh, then you've got some of the YouTube stuff that's really great, but you've been doing a lot of consulting lately, which is kind of interesting. Because the when I was getting set up for this, I was like, oh, I want to do some research on him, and you are a, a very difficult man to research. So, yeah, thank the, you. Is that possibly. <laughs> is that intentional? Um, yes, it is right now because I don't believe in really social media anymore. That's a fun statement coming from a guy who is sort of one of the like on the forefront of the YouTube. It took me a lot to erase what I had online, and now I like have like very hidden private accounts, like just so I can you know communicate with like sure. family. Yeah, but um, yeah, like the account that's on my Instagram mm -hmm. or the under my name yep. is not my real account. Uh, someone <laughs> took that, so really, if you're following that on Instagram, you can go unfollow it and just like report them. That'd be cool. So the the. The Instagram account that is you is actually not you. It's someone else has got it. Yes, it is someone else. Um, it has already been very, very uh, troublesome. Like mm -hmm. uh, a friend, uh, a friend of a friend was like, oh, I tried to send you a message on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that's not actually my account. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's... So what prompted this uh, going, going from sort of YouTube sensation to... Uh, no one can find your magic outside of like a couple of the product releases you've had for me it's it's very important that i re-examined why i was doing what i was doing okay. at that specific point in time mm -hmm. because um i had felt like a shift in my thinking and how i create and what mm -hmm. i want to focus my uh intentions on mm -hmm. in magic mm -hmm. i felt that i had outgrown where i was at and the only way to like move forward is to go in. So that's like what I had to do for myself in my own career. And I am what I feel like exactly where I would like to be in a career as a magician uh, for myself right now. And in a place where I'm taking in different types of uh, inspiration, different types of just knowledge mm -hmm. from people. Uh, magicians that are really great but magicians that I didn't study before mm -hmm. and um, the outcome of all that for me is to create more simple and more efficient and practical methods and effects is that, is that even apply to some of the stuff that you're creating for television programs because you you have the luxury of being able to not be simple and practical since you're just doing it for camera or is or yeah. is that a situation a situation for, thing? for television um, I feel that uh, there's always I've been in rooms with a lot of really talented and very smart magicians um, and knowing what you add to the group mm -hmm. is important. So for me uh, in, in television, it's more about the 
the idea that is like uh, the hook. Mm-hmm. It's the idea that you would put on like a trailer because it's just the craziest concept of a visual mm-hmm. that is like putting two things together that you have definitely not seen before, but for some reason it's familiar enough mm-hmm. that you can feel like it's it's yeah. it's like Maya. It's like um, most advanced yet uh, acceptable. Yeah. It's like a there's this TED talk that this guy has on that concept and it's how to how to construct things that are familiar yet very different and that's like my whole jam in consulting it's just like finding these ideas that are for sure gonna you know drive views or drive rewatches yeah it's that's really fascinating i'm sitting here like listening to you like because in my head i'm like oh i'm supposed to be interviewing this guy but at the same time i'm going oh my god i need to write this down because you're you're almost approaching uh consulting for a magic for television like a like an in as an engineering practice or a product design. yeah i i focus on everything mm-hmm. as how to disrupt mm-hmm. because uh disruption may be the one pinpointed skill mm-hmm. that i know that i can do mm-hmm. um whether it's like i look back at dress code mm-hmm. and it's like the shirt change for yeah. you know anyone that's not familiar with it and that effect was the first time that i realized what superpower, if you will, I yeah. had because yeah. I was obsessed with the uh, quick quick change act that mm-hmm. was on America's Got Talent. Oh uh, yes, because when this came out, there was that that act was like super viral. People yes, were sharing it all yes. over the place, and all my non magician friends, I would show it to, and they would be like, "Wow!" And then like my friend Joe at the time, my roommate, he would show it to people just for fun whenever they came yeah. over. And people's reactions were always the same. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, so we know that there's an absolute, that quick changing, color changing clothes mm-hmm. does work. So then I met this like seamstress. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm starting to like learn about it. So now, then I got all the books that were available and all the methods that were available were like just subpar in my in mm-hmm. my thinking. So yeah. I was like... Or at least for the application that you wanted because the... Well, the thing is with guy with quick changes with guys, everything... Uh, not everything because there are methods that uh, that are online and clips of quick changes that are phenomenal mm-hmm. but it, it usually relies with guys on removing under something mm-hmm. under like removing clothing under a guise of smoke flash something right mm-hmm. hoop cloth yeah so that to me was just like too close of a method right mm-hmm. it's like well, that's like what they think you're doing. So unless you do it perfectly, then what they think you're doing is just a, it's just a demonstration of skill. So, yeah. so I was, uh, on this thought pattern and then, and then I just realized that you could apply, you know, like the, the the same folds and the same techniques Mm -hmm. of the dress change to a shirt. Mm -hmm. And it's such a simple thing. But at that point I realized, Oh, no one's done this. And then I realized, well, the dress change at the end of an act is the one that's the most fooling because Mm -hmm. it involves a fold. Mm -hmm. And then you start, then I was like just working on the design of like how to make the smallest amount to be shown, to be convincing, you Mm -hmm. know? And it's all kind of an engineering problem to me. It's just like, like problem solution Mm -hmm. and identifying the problem that needs to be solved because that taste is the, uh, is what makes people people you know it makes yeah. it gives you your your oomph your uh your style so you've been 
is consulting what you're doing a lot of these days or is there more performing or is it sort of a mix of both because you're just sort of following your bliss and like whatever comes comes sorry to interrupt but this week's podcast is brought to you by snaps nick lacapo and i talk about this collaboration between dan harlan and david jonathan uh nick what are we talking about today Oh, I, I wanted to talk to you about something. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I Tell me about Snaps. <gasps> oh, I've been playing around with this for a while. Uh, I got something special that I've been cooking up, but essentially this is a deck of cards that is, it's photos, mm-hmm. uh, but they, so they look like stock photos, but if you start to play with them and look at them for too long, you realize that they're actually, uh, it's an alphabet deck. So you can st- you can secretly spell things with it, and the great thing is is that a lot of other alphabet decks that have been made, it's just these big block letters, and then you're c- trying to figure out what's going on. With these, it, it's printed on like really nice bicycle stocks, so you can still do all kinds of cool card moves with them. But then at the end, when you're creating revelations where you're spelling people's names, words they thought of, and uh, Dan Harlan has done insane things with this but yeah. I, I can't wait to start doing snaps for people like out in the real world yeah we watched uh this got performed in the show a lot for, so much for many weeks yeah. uh, dan harlan uh along with david jonathan yes. they put a lot of work into the routines that you would get with this product and i think what i love about uh snaps is that you get to perform a trick with a deck of you know photograph cards. So there's some sort of trick that you're doing that has an end, but there's always a kicker ending, mm-hmm. right? And the kicker ending is always there's something written in the photos that you just didn't see, right? Yeah. And I love tricks like that. I, yeah. th- I think that's fantastic. Um, th- a lot of time and effort went into this project. So I, I know that um, if you're out there and you look at it and you're interested, it's going to be worth your attention. Yeah. yeah. The photos are really pretty. Uh, I mean, like the, the photos are genuinely beautiful and well taken. Mm. And the, the the moment when your audience, it slowly dawns on them that something is spelled out in those photos is such a beautiful moment. And I can't really think of, a, is there any tricks that you can think of that are, you know, near this? I mean, I, I no. yeah, I haven't seen anything that's quite like this. It, and you know that if it's, you know, I don't know how long the instructional video is going to be, but I know that it's long and I, I know that yeah. there's a lot of tricks. Did you, did you film it or did you? I, I filmed it with Dan Harlan and, uh, and, uh, uh, David Jonathan. Uh, and, and, yeah, I filmed it with Dan Harlan and David Jonathan, and I think we filmed for like almost a day and a half. Yeah. There was so much material in the download, and, yeah. and there was still more that they were working on. And we're talking about this like this week, like we don't know, because it's actually, as of this filming, not out yet. Yeah. It's about to come out in yeah. a few weeks, and uh, we're excited, so I just wanted to get ahead of the curb on it. <laughs> that was Snaps, available at penguinmagic.com. FYI, Snaps is currently in pre-order, but I have been playing with some cards for months and crushing people with them in my corporate events. These are so much fun to perform with, and I know you're going to love them. Now, back to the rest of my conversation with Kaylin Morelli. Or is it sort of a mix of both because you're just sort of following your bliss and like whatever comes, comes? Yeah, I, um, I don't... I don't usually seek out any type of work, mm-hmm. but as long as I am able to... Uh, work on things and try to solve problems mm-hmm. and work on magic, work on design mm-hmm. projects, whether that's film, mm-hmm. like whatever it is, then I'm, I'm cool with it. Mm-hmm. Cause I, uh, I don't have any specific hopeful ending that this is going towards, yeah. you know, which is, you're, you're just interested in working on what's right now and what's right in front of you. Yeah. And gaining an understanding of what it is that I am uh, 
trying like gaining an, a, an understanding as a creator is mm-hmm. like for sure one of my biggest goals right now mm-hmm. because understanding why things work and how things work and mm-hmm. then being able to quickly apply it to other objects and other things mm-hmm. is such a necessary skill set as a as a designer creator anyone that is more than a as more than a performer mm-hmm. you know so it's like it's a very important aspect that i i think is uh really cool to work on so having removed yourself from social media and not putting uh, stuff out there on youtube how do you what do you think of sort of the current uh internet magic that's going on and uh, like I guess uh, a better way to phrase that would be, are you are you liking where it's going or do you think that it's missing something or do you where do you think it's going? Is that I don't have any control over that. Yeah. No one does. Mm-hmm. And my opinion won't change what's going to happen. <laughs> okay. So yeah. I'm happy and I am yeah. very stoked to see people expressing themselves. You just like that, that they're doing it, period. I like the act and the expression. Yeah. I think that's... And like sometimes the specific tricks Mm -hmm. will very like hit a chord and I'll be like, wow, what a great thing. But like I don't watch through Instagram stuff, Mm -hmm. Instagram magic, because um, it all has this it uh, not all. There's no absolute of art, but Mm -hmm. there is a similar vibe of how things are presented on Instagram. Mm. And I always hope to focus on removing myself from any sort of trend that is happening yeah so i i don't watch a whole lot of uh, no that's stuff no that's fair enough because that's it doesn't sound like it aligns with your goals you know, yeah. mindlessly scrolling through instagram magic is not one of the goals of but it's not really mindless no it's not mindless because i i mindlessly scroll through uh like art websites mm-hmm. or random inspiration websites that have like, like there's abstract inspiration websites that mm-hmm. I'll go through for hours really? because that's like a great, mm-hmm. a great, if you're trying to expand your creativity, you know, if you go to like, uh, I'm, I'm blanking on the one that I have saved, mm-hmm. uh, my computer, but if you go to one of these like abstract inspiration and mm-hmm. it's like, you know, a daily post of new stuff and you just give yourself the challenge of saying, I'm going to look at each photo and I'm going to come up with a two sentence plot Mm -hmm. and trick that could be done based on whatever inspiration I'm getting. Mm -hmm. And that's like a really fun thing to do because then it's like not even related to magic and the ideas that you'll will that will come out of it will be very weird, Mm -hmm. like very different. And you'll probably read them and be like, ah, well, I didn't even think I would say something like that. So you're you're doing a lot of consulting now. So you uh, you consulted on Dynamo's show. Many years ago, yes. Many many years ago. Not yes. the current stuff, but you've done yeah. quite a bit of stuff with Dynamo. And then you were telling me you were recently overseas? Yeah, yeah. I was... Uh, yeah. And obviously, if there's stuff you can't talk about because it hasn't come out yet, you know, we we, we can't go there. But whatever you can share with us yeah, on what you're I, doing would be very interesting. I was overseas um, filming and working on the design of a project that's with yeah, uh, Joao Miranda. Oh yeah, um, yeah. His stuff is always. I really like a lot of what he's doing. The guy's wild. Yeah, like, I went and saw his like setup, and like you know, he's got a crazy amount of production power mm-hmm. and people on staff, and it's like honestly inspiring. Mm-hmm. Like to to get to a point where you can execute on ideas mm-hmm. so quickly and so efficiently, 
and that's like i was like okay that yeah that inspired me a lot to 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 make some moves yeah uh, i really like a lot of the the stuff that how puts out because it's it's a it's sometimes it's a very direct straightforward simple method that is only able to be accomplished by some sort of like technical achievement which is which is really really interesting yeah it's nice uh, you tell me a story uh, a little bit before we got on podcast about uh, something you were you were doing in Africa, where you were creating stuff in Africa. Oh yeah, uh, I was, can you uh, can you share that story a little bit with people? Because I I thought it was kind of wild. But. Yeah, you were at the uh, yeah. I believe that you were talking about consulting gigs, and mm-hmm. then like uh, something somehow it came up about mm-hmm. the pressure that sometimes you're under. Yeah, and yeah. We were uh, in a in like just a minivan it was me and rico de la vega and we were just riding back from uh we were in this like these makeshift um like villages outside of cape town and we were driving back through the outskirts of these still like an hour out and we were like relaxing like just waiting to like go to sleep because we're like dang that was a long day yeah and waiting to get back to the hotel and then the van stopped. Everyone got out. There was a miscommunication. We were supposed to be filming a trick, um, like right then. Oh, like and right, right then. Yeah, that trick did not exist. Um, so oh, it, it was a huge miscommunication mm-hmm. on everyone's part. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Rico and I just like sat there and worked out the handling for a visual trick with like a rock and a bracelet or something like yeah. we there was even specific props that had to be used oh but we uh yeah. but we just like had not mm-hmm. got the memo for it so yeah you know at that at those kind of points mm-hmm. you know there's so many people on staff you know so many production people it's costing everyone money so yeah. it's like you just have to come through with things like that, mm-hmm. and thankfully, you know, we did. Did and it? Ma- it and made it into the final edit. And- I believe so. Oh, yeah. that's. <laughs> yeah. sh- I don't know if it should have, but yeah. it did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, that is really awesome, man. Thanks so much for dropping by the podcast and yeah. sharing some time with us. And uh, I'm sure. really excited to see what you're doing in the future. If uh, sounds like you got some some neat stuff that is like for sure. Like not not just like products that people can come up, but you're gonna create some cool magic that people can sort of experience and enjoy. Word. Thanks. That's going to do it for this week, kids. Thanks to Kalen Morelli for the conversation, and thanks to you for listening. Heads up, on the show next week, it's going to be the first of a two-part episode. I went to Rick Lax's house to talk to another pioneer in internet magic, and before I knew it, we were joined by Justin Flom. They hopped into each other's interviews, and we recorded so much that you're going to be getting two supersized episodes. As always, we're a weekly podcast, so be sure to subscribe and also leave us a review. If you wanted to reach out to me about anything in this week's podcast, be sure to sneak into a playing card factory and rearrange the cards so that the reds and blacks form a message in Morse code. Or, if your Ocean's Eleven skills aren't up to snuff, you can hit me up on Instagram at Eric Tate. That's at E-R-I-K-T-A-I-T. From me and everyone else here at the P3 Magic Studios, practice, practice, perform.